Well, praise the Lord. Good morning. Welcome to Woodville. How many people are glad to be here this morning? Are you glad to be here this morning? I honestly am so pumped, so honored, so full of joy to see you and how exciting it is just to see Pastor Brad on the platform and singing unto the Lord today. Can we put our hands together and just give a clap offering of praise to our God? Amen. How many people are ready for God's Word? Are you ready for God's Word? I want you to pull out your Bible and turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. And there is a sermon outline that you can access from our church website. And we're in a seven-part sermon series that we are calling Stronger. And we're taking seven Sundays to explore the armor of God from Ephesians chapter 6. And today our theme verse is Ephesians chapter 6 verse 14. Where Paul said, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. And this morning, I want to take a few moments to explore for you the breastplate of righteousness. And as we begin this message today, I want to give you five introductory thoughts, five foundational thoughts that I believe are going to set the stage for what I believe the Lord wants me to say. So I want you to write these in your notes. The first thought that I want to share with you, number one, is that battles in life spiritually are guaranteed. But here's the good news, victory is possible. I don't know if you know this, but you were born for battle. When you came into this world, there was a a cosmic war that takes place between light and darkness, between good and evil, between Satan and God. But the good news today that even though Satan is actual and factual, and even though that he is real, he is just a created being, he is not the all-powerful God. Satan knows that he cannot get at God, so because he can't get the Father, he goes for the children. Satan wants to discourage you. Satan wants to fill you with doubt. Satan wants you to be depressed. Satan wants you to be down and low and wants you to walk in defeat. But I've got a word for you today that even though battles in life are guaranteed, victory is possible. Do you believe that today? Victory is possible. Victory is possible. And the good news today in life, I I couldn't wait to say this, you don't have to be strong because you're not strong. I mean, because the devil is smart. He's smarter than you. You don't have to be strong, but you've got to tap into someone who is stronger and his name is Jesus. And I want to encourage you today to let Jesus be your strength. And so I want you to see Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 where Paul said, finally, be strong Not in yourself, but in the Lord and in His mighty power. So even though you don't have to be strong, you've got to tap into the one who is strong and His name is Jesus. So battles are guaranteed, but victory is possible. Number two, I must get dressed for the battles of life. I must get spiritually dressed for the battles of life because I can never fight my battle undressed. I mean, a soldier would never go out into the war ground without his full armor on. A football player would never go out in the field without all his equipment on. And spiritually, we've got to be fully dressed, fully prepared. We need to be booted and suited. We need to be prepared for the battles of life. 
Jesus is strong, but He wants you and I to be fully dressed, putting on the full armor of God. Look at verse 11. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand. You can take your stand against the devil's schemes. I mean, the devil's got schemes against this church, schemes against your marriage, schemes against your family, schemes against you, but how many people are glad we've got victory in Jesus Christ? You don't have to be strong, but Jesus is strong. And He doesn't want you to walk in defeat. We are not walking towards victory. We are proceeding from victory because victory day is when Jesus died on a cross for our sins and they put Him in the grave, but up from the grave, He... uh, rose and we give him the glory and the honor so the devil can attack us but we can put on the full armor of God and we could stand in victory then there's number three I must know who my real enemy is I've already shared with you that that Satan is actual and factual that he is a created being, but he's not the all-powerful being. That he knows he can't get to the Father, so he goes for the children. But your war today is not against the government. It's not against a political party. It's not against the coronavirus. It's not against your boss. It's not against your spouse. It's not against your neighbor. Your real enemy is Satan. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 says our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the power of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. There is an invisible war that's taking place, but greater is Jesus who's in us than the enemy who is roaming this world. So our enemy is Satan, but how many people are glad he's already defeated? Amen. He's already defeated. And then there's number four. It's not enough. It's not enough to know about the armor of God. It's not enough to recite the armor of God. Don't just know it. You've got to choose to use every single piece of the spiritual armor of God. Don't just know it. Use it. Don't just have information. Have application which leads to transformation. Look at verse 13 and verse 14. Paul said, therefore put on the full armor of God. So when the day of evil comes... When you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place. When Paul wrote this, he was in prison. And he's in Rome. And he's chained to a Roman centurion 24 hours. Every waking, every sleeping, every moment of every day. Chained to a Roman centurion. And he looks at the Roman centurion and he sees the armor that the Roman centurion is wearing. And Holy Spirit inspires him that there's an application to the physical armor, to the spiritual armor. And Pastor Joe talked last week about the the belt of truth buckled firmly around your waist. Now, Pastor Matt and I were chatting before the service, and I remember the days, and he does a little bit of this still today, where he lifts weights, and Pastor Kyle does the same. And you know that a weightlifter would wear a belt around them, or a wrestler would wear a belt around them, just to hold in the core of their body, to give them stability, and to give them security. How many people know that the truth of God's Word gives you stability and security? We need to have Jesus, the truth, firmly around around us. What keeps you together in life when life is falling apart is the truth and the truth is Jesus. Come on, give a clap offering of praise to the Lord. 
And Pastor Joe last week reminded us that, that our, our protection from deception is to be firmly grounded in biblical truth. And we need to have the truth of God's Word wrapped around us. And the truth represents Jesus. And when life is falling apart, Jesus can keep us together. Amen. Well, today for a few moments, I, I want to talk to you about the breastplate of righteousness. But I want to take you to number five. Because number five is what we're going to explore. There are three questions that we must always ask ourselves when we're looking at the pieces of the armor of God. Question number one is, what does it mean? What does it mean? Why did Paul compare the breastplate to righteousness? What does it mean? What does it look like? And then number two, how does it protect me? How would this breastplate of righteousness protect me? And then number three, we're going to explore for a few moments, how do I put on this righteousness? And so for a couple of moments today, I want to talk to you about the breastplate of righteousness. And I want to talk to you about how it can make a difference in your life so that you can stand your ground against the enemy's attacks. The enemy wants to destroy your marriage. The enemy wants to destroy this church. The enemy wants you to have doubt. The enemy wants you to be filled with despair. The enemy wants you to be discouraged. But, but we can stand firm in victory. And one of the armor is the breastplate of righteousness. So number one, for a few moments, I want to talk to you about the question, what actually is righteousness? What is righteousness? Now, when you think of the word righteousness, do you, do you view it as a positive word? Do you view it as a negative word? I, I, I don't know, but some of you might think of someone who's very self-righteous. And they're looking down at everybody else, and they're thinking, I'm better than you. I'm more spiritual than you. I want you to write this in your notes. I think it's so key. Righteousness is not found by looking down on others. It never is. But it's always discovered by looking up to God. When you look up to God, the God who's reached down to you, He marks you and covers you with His righteousness. And righteousness is never ever found by looking down on people. It's always discovered by looking up to God. There's an amazing parable in Luke chapter 18, verse 9 to 14, that explains this. Let me read it to you quickly. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. There were two men went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. Do you see that the Pharisee found his righteousness in all that he did? But the tax collector stood at a distance, verse 13. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than that other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all those who humble themselves will be exalted. So the first thing I want us to understand, when we talk about righteousness, we're not going to look down at people and view ourselves as more spiritual. You discover righteousness by looking up to God, not looking down to others. But then there's number two, righteousness. It's not earned. It's not earned by us. It's credited to us. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. You can't work for it. 
it's, it's deposited to you. It's credited to your spiritual account. I want to show you a few scriptures. And the first one is Genesis 15, verse 6. You might remember a man in the Bible named Abram. And Abram's like one of the first in the Bible who's marked by faith. And in Genesis 15, verse 6, Abram believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. Abram believed in God and God credited it to him spiritually righteousness. Let's come to the New Testament. Paul said in Romans 3, 22, this righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. When you believed in Jesus Christ, God credited to you his righteousness. And then there's 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. Paul builds on the same theme. God made him who had no sin, that's Jesus, to be sin for us. Let me push pause. How many people are glad that Jesus who had no sin became sin for you and sin for me? God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You see, friends, righteousness is not something you can earn. It's credited to you. When you by faith believed in God, God the Father credited to you His righteousness. He deposited His righteousness in you. But then there's number three, and then we're just building on the theme. Righteousness is being right before God positionally. And then becoming right with others as I act right with others. It's, it's living out that positional righteousness and practically living it out in how you relate to others. Because you are righteous in Christ, you act rightly to others. Because Jesus took care of your wrongness and gave you his rightness. Come on, somebody give a little amen today. Because Jesus took care of your wrongness and gave you his rightness, we can act righteously to others. I think I can boil it down to Matthew 22, 37 to 39. I mean, I love this. It's so simple, but it's so true. Where Jesus sums up the commandments. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first, this is the greatest commandment. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. Church, when you love God truly, when you truly understand that you are marked with his righteousness, when you truly fall deeply in love with God, and you truly love what God loves, it'll be easier to love others. What's the will of God? Love him, love people. And you will truly love people when you truly love God. I love Revelation 19, 7 and 8. I love this. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. So if we can understand that positionally we are his righteousness, if we can positionally understand that we are righteous in his eyes because he looks at us and he robes us with his righteousness, it could help us to act righteously to others. Let me build on this. Let me take you to number two. How does righteousness protect me? Now, for a moment, I want you to picture Paul chained to this Roman centurion. In the Roman centurion, the first thing he would put on is the, that belt of truth that belt, and he would firmly wrap the belt around him, and it represents truth. But the second piece of equipment that a Roman soldier would put on is the breastplate. 
And the breastplate would be made of metal, little scales of metal, sometimes of chains, and it it would cover the front part of the body, especially the upper area, and it would protect the main organ of the human body, which is the heart. It would be like what we would call today a bulletproof vest. But that breastplate of that they would wear would protect them from swords, spears, arrows, protect the enemy from piercing their heart. I want you to think about your spiritual heart for a few moments. Because I want to talk to you for a few moments about your spiritual heart. Because Paul said, put on the breastplate of righteousness. And we're going to learn today that righteousness protects your heart, your spiritual heart. And I want you to write this in your notes. My spiritual heart is protected from Satan's attacks as I focus on my relationship with God and I act out my relationship with others. When I understand that positionally I am his righteousness and his righteousness protects my spiritual heart, The question that I want to ask you today is, what is in your heart? What is in your heart? And I want to show you a verse that that, that I've preached on over the years, and and it's it's been convicting me today, and and I want to share with you. It's Matthew 12, 34. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. What, what, What the mouth speaks, it flows from the abundance of the heart. What is in the heart will eventually come out of the mouth. What is in us will eventually come out of us. So if there's greed in us, eventually greed will manifest out of our life. If lust is in us, lust will eventually come out of our life. If pride is in us, pride will eventually manifest out of our life. But, but here's what hit me today. If you've got all of Jesus in your life, and your heart is so filled with Jesus, when Satan attacks you, all he's going to get out of you is Jesus. If Jesus is all that is in you, Satan cannot successfully attack you. Come on, are you hearing me today? When you've got his righteousness robed around you, when you've got his righteousness in you, when you get the greed and the lust and the envy and the pride and all the things that are not of God out of you, all that will come out of you when Jesus attacks you is Jesus. When Satan attacks you is Jesus. And so my friends, out of the mouth speaks the heart. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Now listen to number two. Write this in your notes. My right standing before God keeps me standing right in the face of Satan's attacks. My right standing before God keeps me standing right in the face of Satan's attacks. And there's two verses I want to give you. One is Isaiah 61 verse 10 where the prophet said, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness. When you gave your heart to Jesus, he took off those filthy rags of sin and he clothed you with the garment of righteousness. In Luke chapter 15, it's not in your notes. But do you remember the story of the prodigal son who left the father's house and spent all of the inheritance and he eventually came back 
What's the first thing that the father gave the son who came home? He said to his servants, get the finest robe. And I want you to picture for a moment the father of the prodigal son taking off the filthy garment that was, that was soiled from, the, from, from his son living amongst the pigs and the pig's pen. And he took off the, the filthy garment and, and he took it away and he put on his son the, the, the finest robe that was in his house church when you gave your heart to Jesus Christ. He took off the filthy garments of your sin and he clothed you with his robe of righteousness. I am covered over. Come on, with the robe of his righteousness I couldn't wait to share with you 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30 because Paul teaches us something about righteousness it's because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God that is our righteousness holiness and redemption I want you to look this way. If you don't get anything else from this message, get this. Jesus is your righteousness. Jesus is your righteousness. When you cover your heart with Jesus, you're protected. When you've got Jesus in your heart, you are protected. When you remove out of your heart the lust, the greed, the pride, the envy, because out of the mouth, the abundance of the heart speaks. All the devil's going to get when he attacks you is Jesus. How many people are glad today that there's victory that's found in Jesus Christ? I don't want you to proceed to victory. I want you to proceed from victory. I want you to stand strong in the invisible war where the enemy's trying to attack you and get you down, discouraged, depressed, and filled with doubt and trying to attack your marriage and trying to attack your family and trying to attack the church. But I'm glad today that Jesus has taken off the filthy garments of our sins and he's covered us with the robe of his righteousness and Jesus is the righteousness and he's our covering, he's our protector, he's our protector. He's protecting us from the devil. The one who's protecting us is Jesus. You don't have to be strong, but you've got to know someone who's strong. And he's Jesus, so be strong in his mighty power. Have Jesus around you, in you, upon you, over you, and with you every single day of your life. And you'll be able to stand strong when the devil's attacking you. Because Jesus is your righteousness. He took care of your wrongness and he gave you his righteousness. Come on, if I were you, I'd be giving a little clap offering of praise to the Lord God today. Jesus is your righteousness. So I want to take you to number three. How do I put on righteousness? How do I put it on? I mean, how do I put on this spiritual armor? I know positionally. Positionally, he's taken away my filthy garments of sin and he's clothed me with his righteousness. I know positionally there's righteousness because he took care of my wrongness. But I felt the Lord speak very clearly to me today to challenge you with two final thoughts. And I want to invite everyone in this house and everyone that is watching on live streaming, you start by hungering for it. You start by hungering for righteousness. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6 and verse 8, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, 
for they will be filled. When Jesus said, love God, love people, when you truly love God, you'll love what God loves. And when you truly love God, you will hate what God hates. And God hates sin. And I've been asking Jesus all this week to search my heart. Take out of my heart anything that's not of Him. Created me a clean heart. Created me a new spirit. So that all that the devil can get when he attacks me is Jesus. And I'm calling the church today to hunger and thirst for righteousness. Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And filled means they will be satisfied. Have you ever eaten something physically and it didn't satisfy your hunger? Have you ever drank something that didn't quench your thirst? And there's many people today sitting in this auditorium or watching on live streaming and you're, and you're searching for, for something to quench your thirst and to satisfy your hunger spiritually and you've been trying to find it in things and you've been trying to find it in relationships and you're trying to find it in a certain place. I'm here to declare to you nobody can satisfy you like my Jesus. Hunger and thirst for Jesus only He can satisfy all your needs. Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. But then in verse 8, He said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. When He said see God, it means you will see God clearly. You will see His direction clearly. You will see how He wants you to live clearly. And I'm just calling the house today. Ask God to give you a pure heart. Ask God today to cleanse your heart. Say, Lord, if there's anything in me that's not of you, I want it out of my life now. I don't want, I don't want greed, because you see, when greed is in your life, you'll cheat on your income tax. When greed is in your life, you will, you will be marked by materialism, and you'll spend more money than you can afford, and you'll get in debt way beyond what you can imagine. Are you hearing me today, church? Greed will get you in trouble. And when lust is in your heart, I know there's children in the auditorium, but moms and dads, you know that lust in our heart can lead us on a wrong path. Pride in our heart can lead us to wrongful things. Oh God, create in me a clean heart. So all that's in me is Jesus. And when all that's in you is Jesus, all that will come out of you is Jesus. I want to give you the last truth and I want to invite the band to come and join me on the platform if they would please. Because in a couple of moments we're going to sing a song that was written before some of you were born. In fact, our keyboardist today asked me what year this course was written. It's not that old. It's 1995, but it was written before he was born. But it's a powerful song. And I couldn't think of a song that would bring to light what we're talking about today, the righteousness of God. But the final truth that I want to leave with you today is after you've decided to hunger and thirst for righteousness, I felt the Lord remind me of a verse in Romans 6, verse 19. 
And I want to invite you today to offer yourself fully, completely to God. I want to invite you to stand. I want to read this verse to you. Paul said in Romans 6 verse 19, just as you used to offer yourself, he's writing to the church of Rome. He said, just as you used to offer yourself as slaves to impurity and to ever increasing wickedness, let that sink in. Paul was saying to the believers, you used to offer yourself enslaved to things that were impure. And you used to offer yourself to wickedness that was ever increasing. He said, here's what I want you to do now. Offer yourself as slaves to righteousness that's leading to holiness. You see, what the devil wants to trick you to think is that if you fully give everything to Jesus, it's going to give you bondage. See, the devil wants to deceive you to think that things of this world will satisfy and stuff will bring you contentment. But I'm here to declare to you that when you fully surrender to God, it's not being enslaved. It's walking in true freedom. True freedom. And I'll tell you where I'm at in my walk with Jesus. I've been saved for a lot of years. I asked Jesus in my life as a young child. But I'm still a work in progress. God is still working on my life. And I'm saying, God, I long for righteousness. I long for holiness. I want to become more like you. I hope today I'm more like Jesus than I was last year. I hope today I'm more like Jesus than I was last week. And I hope next Sunday I'm more like Jesus than I am this Sunday. I I want Jesus just to claw out any junk that's in my heart. I don't want envy. I don't want pride. I I I want when the enemy comes at me, all he sees in me, over me, on me, is Jesus. Come on, somebody give a little amen. That's all I want. So I'm calling you today to hunger and thirst for righteousness. You see, church, when we get the the vertical connection right, it's going to affect the horizontal relationship with others. I'll tell you how you love your wife more, sir. Fall more in love with Jesus. I'll tell you how you can have a better life. Fall more in love with Jesus. And just say, Jesus, I want you. I hunger for you. I want you to take every part of my life. So here's what I want us to do today. I want us to feel the freedom in the house just to lift our hands. And as Pastor Brad sings this song, I want you to give your life freshly to Jesus today. Say, Lord, I'll give you my all. I'll give you my everything. I'll give you my finances. I'll give you my my checkbook. I'll give you my schedule. I'll give you my house. I'll give you my car. I surrender my family. Lord, I'm yours. I'm yours. I'm yours. I'm yours. I'm yours. Church, it always goes back to the heart. And when the heart is right, everything else will fall in place. 
Some of you are trying to discover the will of God. Give your heart fully, completely to the Lord. I'm not asking you if you asked Jesus Christ in your life. I'm asking you, have you surrendered? Have you submitted everything to the Lord? So as Pastor Brad begins to sing, I want you to hunger and I want you to thirst. I want you to long for, for, for holiness, long for faithfulness, long for righteousness. Go ahead, Brad, sing it to the Lord. Holiness, holiness is what I long for. Holiness is what I need. Holiness, holiness is what you want from me. Faithfulness. Faithfulness is what I long for. Faithfulness is what I need. Faithfulness, faithfulness is what you want from me. Some of you today, you're feeling weak. And I want to say it again, you don't have to be strong. You just got to know someone who's stronger. And the strongest one I know is Jesus. That's why Paul said, finally be strong in the Lord. And in His mighty power. 
And the key to having the strength of the Lord is putting on that full armor of God. He's done his part. You've got to do your part. And I'm just encouraging you today to, to, to just grow in that, that, that righteousness that surrounds you and over you. He's clothed you in his righteousness. And I'm just inviting you today to just say, Lord, I, I, I don't want anything in my heart that's not right. I, I want righteousness over me and in me. I want to be fully protected that when the enemy attacks, <laughs> all he gets is Jesus. And I'll tell you right now, the devil's afraid of Jesus. The devil's not afraid of you, but the devil's afraid of Jesus. And greater is he that is in you than the one who is roaming the world. Amen. But as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, maybe you're standing here today or you're watching online, you've never asked Jesus Christ in your life. If today was the day that you died and you stepped into eternity, you don't know if you're going to heaven, but you want to be ready for heaven. You want Jesus in your life. Some 2,000 years ago, God sent His Son, Jesus. Jesus paid the penalty for your sin when He died on a cross, put Him in the grave. On the third day, He was raised alive. The one who could change your life is Jesus. If you're standing in the auditorium today and you don't know if you're ready for heaven, but you want to be, or you're watching online and you've never asked Christ in your life, but you want to be ready, I'd have no greater joy than to lead you in a prayer of receiving Christ. If you want Jesus to be the center of your life, you've never asked Him in your heart, allow me to lead you in this prayer. Dear Jesus, I ask you into my life. Please forgive me of my sins. I've decided to follow Jesus. Today I make my peace with you, and I receive you in my life. Today I say yes to Jesus. I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, open your eyes, put your hands together, and celebrate salvation. Now, if you ask Jesus Christ in your life, whether you're standing here in the auditorium or watching online, reach out to us via email. We're going to reach back to you. We're going to help you in your new faith journey. We're going to help you in your new faith journey. But before we close, I, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Could you just lift your hands up? Father God, I pray for everyone in this auditorium and everyone that is watching online today God we might feel weak and down and discouraged but we know the one who's the strongest that's you Jesus and I pray that you would be our strength I pray that you would be our righteousness I pray that in Jesus name and I pray God that you would help everyone to allow you to cover our hearts and I pray, God, that we as children of, of you, Father, would just walk and live with hearts that are pure. We're not perfect, but we really desire to live a life that is honoring to you. So, God, help us to hunger and thirst for righteousness. Help us, God, to hunger and thirst to be more like you. And I pray, God, if there's anything today in our hearts that's not you, let it just be clawed out right now in the name of Jesus. And would you create in us a clean heart? I pray blessing on the house today. I pray blessing on everyone standing here. I pray no weapon of the enemy formed against us would prosper. Amen. I pray the covering and the protection of Jesus over everyone in this place and everyone that is watching online. I pray in the name of the Lord, guard us and protect us. That Lord, that in this invisible spiritual war, we be protected by you. And now Jesus, we want to give you all the glory and the honor and the praise in Jesus' name. Nobody whispered. Everybody said, 
Amen. Come on, put your hands together and celebrate. Celebrate. Come on, celebrate the Lord. Amen. Amen. We'll take a seat in God's presence for just a moment. Well, thank you, Pastor Mark, and thank you, church, for joining us today, regardless if you were on site or online. Well, we hope you have an amazing Sunday. God bless, church. We'll see you soon.